You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. Well, good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, One more time, let's give it up for our moms and uh, so excited about Mother's Day. Speaking of that, we've, uh, Aria and Sarah did a fine, fantastic job setting up a, a Mother's Day photo booth out in the lobby, and so please make use of that. You can get somebody to take your photo, or you can set it in the, the tripod there and do that, and uh, make sure you post those and, and maybe tag the church in that so we can post some of those pictures as well. Great opportunity for all of our moms and families today. We're just blessed. What a beautiful day. And let me reemphasize one of those announcements, our discovery class. Uh, it's like our new members class. We don't do, do it like that, but that's basically what it is if you're familiar with that. If you're new to the church, we really want you to go through our discovery class. And so uh, today, sign up right outside the door in the lobby as you leave. Free lunch. Come on, y'all. It's, a, it's worth it for just that. Free lunch. We have child care. And basically, you're going to hear from my heart about the vision of the church, the core values of the church. You're going to hear from every department leader about where you can serve. Listen, you're not going to be satisfied with your Christianity. You're not going to be satisfied with your, with your church or anything until you're actually involved. And using the gifts and talents that God has given you. I don't want to force that, but I'm telling you, uh, it's, that's our vision for the church. Connecting you to your God-given purpose. Using it here and at your work, at your school, at home, wherever it is. So right now, I am so thrilled and, uh, to honor my wife, my definite better half, uh, one of the greatest moms on the planet. Will you give it up for Miss Kathy as she comes to bring the word today? how to do it. I wasn't sure if I could, you know, turn me on without showing my stuff and y'all don't want to see that, I promise. So I thought I was going to try to grab him and say, help me, help me, but he wasn't listening. That's not unusual. I should have known better. How are we today? I love it when I come up here because I start off a little bit nervous and then I get up here and I see you guys and it's like, I love being with family. It's so good to be with family. Um, Happy Mother's Day. So today we get to celebrate all the moms who have sacrificed their bodies. Y'all, nothing is ever the same. Your time, right? We, We certainly sacrifice our time as well, our resources. Can I, can I get a better amen? That's what Pastor Hodges says. So I figured if he could say it, I can say it. Um, you know, we sacrifice sleep, right? Um, so you know what, moms? You all deserve all the good things today. All of them. You deserve to have all the ones that you love the most surrounding you today. And may they be in peace and beautiful, perfect harmony. <laughs> Hence the reason the Malloys drove four cars. (laughs) They loved me enough to not ride with me today, right? 
No, Al and I also want to acknowledge today that um, we know this day is hard for some. For those who've recently lost a mom, we know that's hard. Um, Five years ago, I lost my mom in March, and I remember that very first Mother's Day and how very challenging that day was. As much as I wanted to celebrate, it was an emotional day for me. Um, I know there's one in eight that struggle with infertility. And I acknowledge that today is not easy for you. Um, For the woman who has always wanted a child, but life just did not present that opportunity, I acknowledge today is hard for you. Um, For those who've lost a child, mm, Mother's Day is hard. And so know that God knows. He still loves you. He wants to give you peace and comfort today. He sees you just where you are. And if it's hard today, we understand. I was hoping to bring you a message today that's all butterflies and rainbows. Um, But as I've been studying, the Lord has had me in the book of Judges. So it's not going to be all butterflies and rainbows today. So, you know, buckle in. Um, Get ready. This word is not super easy. It's a little bit challenging today, but I pray that you will be so blessed by what I believe that God has for us today. With that said, I wanted to mention that beginning May 26th, which I hope I have the right day, that should be a Wednesday night, I'm going to be leading our women's group every week through the book of Judges, and we're going to be studying all of them, Ehud, Gideon, Samson, Deborah, among some others, Um, and I would love for you women to join me. It's a great night to do that because we have children downstairs and youth downstairs. I don't know exactly how long that'll last. I'm excited about this summer because several of our small group leaders are um, going to be with us this summer. They're going to be doing some teaching as well. So you're going to get an opportunity to meet some of our small group leaders that teach our women and pour into them um, in preparation for the fall when small groups relaunch. So definitely know that, ladies, you all are invited and bring some friends as well. We're going to have a great summer together. Can we just pray for the rest of the service? Would that be okay with you guys? Let's do it. Father, I'm so honored and thankful that um, I stand before you today. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed this message on my heart. But God, right now, with all of these words written on this paper, I surrender them to you. Lord, let your words flow from my lips today. Let it land on open hearts and open minds. Help us to receive from you all that you have. Let it be gracious, but Lord, let it be truth. Let it... Um, cut where it needs to cut and heal where it needs to heal. Lord, I love you today, and we commit the rest of this time together to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Ready or not, here we go. So we're going to start in Judges 1.1. And just real quickly, Judges opens where the Israelites have finally entered into the promised land but there's still quite a bit of work that they need to do in order to possess the land. Um, And so let's start verses 1-1. And listen, y'all, I have new eyes. I don't know how many of you know that, but I may have to do this. 
I don't know for sure. I was going to print it out, and then I was like, ah, that'd be too easy. Okay. We're going to read Judges 1, 1, and 2 first. Here we go. So it says, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Which tribes should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. So notice that the Lord told Judah they had been given the victory even before the battle began. The Israelites are such a conundrum to me. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Um, This reminded me, though, of Psalm 139, which tells us that our children have been knitted together in their mother's womb, that he perfectly crafted and created each and every one of our children for a perfect purpose, for his purpose. Um, But how many of you know that our expectations of the way parenting is going to look is not always the way it turns out, right? Um, Children should really come with a warning label. Like, um, it should tell us, you know, there should be something that says, this isn't always going to be fun, right? Sort of like these memes. I had some memes for us. We're going to look at those. Anybody been here? Every time. What about this one? Oh, my gosh, this was my girls. Y'all, they had to sleep in my bed all the time. I was not a great sleep trainer. This is hysterical to me. Can everybody see this? This is so funny to me. My kid, when I say stop, and then they're, you know, they're going to get hurt. This, every time, y'all, I could not give my kids a bath without it being everywhere. Love it. The whistle. This is fifth graders, too. I'm like, give me that whistle. Yeah. This is me this week. This joker tried to tell me he was tired one day. I'd been up since 5 o'clock in the morning. Isn't this the best? I used to love it when Ashley would say, Mom. And then, and then I was like, no, we're having a talking timeout, Ashley. You, no more talking. Oh, yeah. Right? When another parent says, my kid will never. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, here we go. Here's the tired one. <laughs> you just want to take a baseball bat. Like, I know where you sleep. Right. Uh, so many of these memes definitely encapsulate mothering, and I personally have felt... Oh, sorry, I forgot that was on. I have personally felt every single one of those. Who's with me out there? Moms. Yes, I know. So two short verses in, and we find our very first point. Mom, you have been uniquely chosen for your uniquely created child, and even before the battle begins, you have the victory. No matter the challenges you may face, God is with you. Remember that. Amen. Amen. So the next few verses, verses 3 through 18, read like an episode of 24. Jack Bauer, I mean Judah, the tribe of Judah, um, you know, conquer, capture, and cut off toes and thumbs of enemy kings. But then we get to verse 19, and I want us to read that one together. It says, The Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country, but... 
they failed to drive out the people living in the plains who had iron chariots. But, but they failed. And then every verse after that for the next 14 verses, but the tribe failed. And I couldn't help myself but wonder why. Why would the tribes fail at something that they were not just ordered to do, but they were ordained for? Well, I believe we can find four reasons. Four reasons why they failed to complete what they were ordered and ordained for. The first reason, I think, is fear. Notice in verse 19 that there are some iron chariots. Well, iron chariots at that time were modern warfare to some degree. The Canaanites had iron chariots. The Israelites did not. The Canaanites were very good at crafting the iron chariots. The Israelites didn't really even know what they were or how to do that. Um, And so as they were standing on that battlefield face-to-face with the enemy, which seemed to have better tactics, better weaponry, they would often get afraid. Now, I think this is a lot like parenting. We've talked a little bit before about parenting out of fear and what that can do. I remember back in, I guess it was February when we had that parenting. I mentioned that then. So I'm not going to stay here very long, but there are two things that happen when we parent from a place of, of fear. You can either be an overbearing parent, constantly trying to control and manipulate, make sure things go just the right way for your child, or you end up often rescuing your kids from natural consequences that are there to teach them. Or you bubble them and you keep them away from anything in the world and experiencing anything in the world. Neither of those two places from parenting are very healthy. So fear can keep us from doing what we as moms have been ordered and ordained to do. The second one is growing weary So taking the promised land wasn't a one-and-done thing. It lasted years and years. And how many of us know being a mama lasts years and years and years, right? I know our kids think at 18 it's all done or 21 or we're still working on a 23-year-old getting her off the payroll. She's about there. Um, I know, glory. Um, But off the payroll or not right? We never stop being a mom. But lack of sleep and resources, the opportunity to refuel the mind, body, and soul depletes our energy and drive just as it did for the Israelites. Um, And this can be a real detriment to effective parenting. When we're tired and unable to refuel, it can be a detriment to our parenting. Um, I remember... Uh, Several years ago, actually, Sarah was nine. Alan had gone out of town for a worship event, and um, I'm there with three children. I've got Rachel, who's in preschool, Ashley, who was in middle school, and Sarah, who was third grade, something like that. And um, all of a sudden, one day, Sarah starts having these problems in her stomach, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm like, no, you're going to school for months. I said, you're fine get up, go to school, you know, because that's what we did. Um, and But suddenly, I touched in just the right spot, and she jumped off the bed, and I'm like, oh, we may really have a problem. <laughs> 
So we ran to the doctor and had some test runs. And sure enough, while Ashley's at school and Sarah's at, or Rachel's at preschool, we determined that she has appendicitis and needs emergency surgery. Well, he's out of town. I'm in Birmingham. I have no family. And so who do I turn to? Well, I turned to my tribe, which was my church family, and said, I need somebody to go pick up Ashley from middle school and Rachel from preschool. And if y'all can just hang on to them until we get through surgery, my parents are coming down, but they were a little bit far away. You follow me? So moms, we definitely need a tribe around us. So I would encourage you to find your tribe. And then as a tribe, as a church family, as a group, work together. I want to say right here to you single mamas, whoo, can I just, let's just give all our single moms a hand. You all are doing a phenomenal job. It is not easy to parent when there's two, but when you are single and parenting, that is a challenge. So good job, single moms. So it's easy, moms, to grow weary. I get it. It's easy to be tired. It's easy to find ourselves feeling just depleted of energy and resources. Um, And then third... The third thing that kept them from doing what they were ordered and ordained to do was a lack of unity. So because this lasted for years and years, the Israelites would see a lot of change often in their leadership. And as that leadership changed, sometimes the vision didn't, wasn't always very clear either. And, and because that became cloudy, you know the soldiers began to fight amongst themselves. And I think that can happen in our families too. I think we can grow... Um, just get in a place where we battle each other, we're battling the world, we're battling the things around us, sometimes it's health stuff, whatever it may be, but, but we go through seasons where we feel like we're in a battle all the time. Um, I was talk, talking to a mom just Friday night, actually, um, who came into the school to pick up her child, and, she, and I asked her, how was your day? Did you have a good day? And, and her response was, I'm just so tired of always, of life never changing, is what she said. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I know this season, those seasons are very hard. And she said, it's just a battle. From the time we get up in the morning, I battle that kid to get her to school. When I get her home, I battle her to eat. Anybody ever been there? You know, those, I was actually looking for those memes where you cut the grilled cheese the wrong way and they, you know... <laughs> fall on the floor or throw themselves on the floor how many of your children have ever thrown and you're like seriously you really gonna do that like doesn't that hurt that's what I always wanted to say um but a constant battle feeling like they were in a constant battle to get there I know guys that unity is so hard I mean in our house full of strong-willed stubborn girls I know, I don't need to say much. And there's no comment from the peanut gallery. (laughs) If you're a a father of all girls, you've probably had similar situations where you've been sitting in a restaurant and somebody comes by and they see all the girls around, they're like, oh, brother, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry? Are you kidding me? He's king of the castle over here. They worship the ground he walks on. I think it was even Rachel one time that said he has no flaws. I mean, come on. What am I, a chopped liver over here? So sorry. Don't even. 
But a lack of unity can really make you feel like you're just kind of walking through sand or mud, can't it? And so, moms, I would encourage you today, do whatever it takes to maintain unity. Um, Pick your battles, both with your children and with your spouse, for sure. Strive for unity among the family. Make it a priority. Remind your children often. I've said this, and I haven't said it much lately. I might have to bring it back out. But um, I've said to my kiddos, you know, you three will still be here when we are gone. Right? So you want them to maintain a relationship. You want them to continue to grow together, live together, love one another, and be family together. They are going to need each other just like we need each other. And I know that's not easy. You know, I I kept a wooden spoon in my van too. I get it. We've done the splitting up and the, you know, the the lines down the, the bedrooms when they shared bedrooms, which was very rare. But don't let my kids whine about anything. If you hear one of my children whining, you have my permission to just pop on the good one. (laughs) They have been so privileged. Lack of unity. A lack of unity will keep you from doing what you've been ordered and ordained by God to do. So the fourth thing is spiritually unaware. And I know that Alan has been talking about this in his First Century Prayers series. Um, But I want to tackle that a little bit here too. As the battles were won and lost, the soldiers began to rely more and more on their own abilities and less on who was in control. As the vision became cloudy, they relied more and more on themselves as well. And this led to following strategies of the world instead of seeking for real battle plans given by God. And it's so easy, guys, for us to get wrapped up in what is happening around us that we fail to seek what God would have us to do. Um, I'm a psych major, for those who don't know. Uh, My first degree is a psychology degree. Um, And so I've worked with children and families my entire adult life in some capacity. And, And I've often looked to academia for parenting advice and effective parenting strategies. And do not get me wrong, I am an educator. I believe in education. I think it's important. Um, And I think there's a lot to gain from education. But all these years, and here's some things that I have learned, or here's one important thing that I have really learned, and that is that there is no thing, no strategy that will ever be better than the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, moms, when you are seeking that parenting advice, I I try to tell young moms, you know, follow your gut. And not really your gut, but the Holy Spirit, right? Whatever the Holy Spirit, even if it looks different than what your neighbor did, you need to follow the Holy Spirit. Even if it looks different than what your parents did, I, I definitely, there are things that I do that my parents did. I mean, spanking was great for us. We loved it. Um, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> 
But there are other things that I have done in my parenting that my parents did not do. And that's okay. It is okay um, to do that. And I had the best parents ever. So being spiritually unaware leads me really to my next point. And that is that we don't have the luxury of being lazy or complacent when it comes to our families. Um, And here's a point I should have written down. Fear and exhaustion will lead to a lack of unity every time if we don't remain spiritually aware of what is happening around us. Now, truthfully, I am a product of the 80s. I know, shocker. Anybody else in here? Yeah. Y'all with this, for those who don't know, I had a detached retina about four weeks ago, and I'm still healing from that. Um, And I'm claiming, Lindsay, perfect healing for it. Um, But I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Spiritually where? I'm talking about being a product of the 80s. Yes. So anyway, um, I have no idea. I've totally lost my mind with that. But I was, as as a, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Yes, I know. See, it's not in my notes, and sometimes I get away from notes, which is perfectly fine, right? So anyway, as, as a product of the 80s, I'm actually kind of old, but the, not really, I mean, I'm not old, but, but I am. It's like mid-age, right? And so when this retina thing happened, I was like, why did this happen? And so they went down this list of things, and I went, the only thing on there is I'm middle-aged. I don't like that. Like, come on now. That's not fair. Um, But as a product of the 80s, I know, I was really ignorant growing up to many things of the world, and my access to information was very limited, right? Um, But, you know, that's not the case anymore. Our kids are bombarded with information that their little minds cannot process, ladies and gentlemen. You hand your child a phone that, you know, because you need to do something and you just want to occupy them for the minute, for a minute, and suddenly there's an ad or something that will pop up, an image, words, something could pop up on that phone. And y'all, here's what happens it opens their senses and their minds to things that their flesh will begin to crave, but their spirit will fight against. And now you've got a conflict that they can't understand. They don't know how to tell you about the conflict. They don't know how to um, manage that conflict. And now you've got some major issues. And so why am I telling you that? Not to scare you. Not to scare you, but to make you aware that there are things in this world that we, as middle-aged adults... They kept telling me I was young. I'm like, yes, I'll take that. Um, But me, or us as middle-aged adults, we don't fully understand. And I think we're still beginning to learn the consequences of all of the information that we have such access to. Um, So that leads me to my next point. And that is that life needs to revolve around Jesus, not our children. I know. <clears throat> I know how very challenging this can be. I mean, our those leeches, I mean our children. <laughs> they demand, right? They demand. I put that in big caps. They demand our time and attention. I mean, you can't handle your 
phone to occupy them for a minute, right? <laughs> um, but because they demand our attention, it is hard, especially young moms, please hear me, okay, because I, I know, I understand. Um, it's hard because, because your children are demanding so much of your time, it's hard to find the time to get into the Lord's presence and to seek Jesus and be with him on a regular basis. But listen, if you don't hear anything else today, this is the most important thing that you do on a regular basis. Now, over the years, I've had all sorts of routines to try and stay focused on, focused on the Lord. Um, how many of you have used your shower as a prayer closet, right? Um, my car has been a place of worship many times. Um, parking lots of gyms, dance studios, uh, soccer fields, they have been sprinkled in many tears. Um, I've stayed up late into the night when everyone is abed, laying out on my driveway, just crying tears over those that I love, asking for healing, deliverance, salvation. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't always done it very well, and I haven't always done it with the right attitude. But I have learned a pattern that really works well for me that I wanted to share with you. And I know we've had a lot of that lately, but um, for all the mamas out there who want to hear a mom's perspective. So for busy moms, it can take as little as 15 minutes to accomplish this particular pattern. So first, I start in the mornings, and you may do it another time, however, whenever, just do it, right? Um, but first, I start with surrender. And surrendering everything. I surrender my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions. I surrender my will, my schedule, anything that could potentially hinder or distract me from this time with the Lord. I just surrender to him. And what that does is it clears my mind and it gets me focused. Then the second thing that I do is I worship. And when I say worship, I say I place him at the center of everything that I am doing in that moment. I acknowledge his holiness. I recognize his goodness. I, I speak out loud his sovereignty, his amazing fact that he is the only one that I choose to serve. And then finally, the third thing that I do is the word. You have to get a little scripture in, even if it's one verse, ladies, that you read and then think about, reflect on, ask the Holy Spirit to give you some wisdom about it. If you'll try that pattern for one week, I think it'll change you. I believe one week it will make a big difference in your desire and your priorities. I believe if you give that one week, you won't just do it for 15 minutes. You'll find yourself 30 minutes and then 45 minutes. Um, I know for me, it has changed my, in the mornings, my alarm clock goes off at 5.01 and I no longer have to hit the snooze. I get out of bed and I get started with my day and these are the things that I do. This is the routine that I go through and it has made a life-changing difference for me. So if we want to be spiritually aware, we have to make him a priority. So let's pick back up in Judges. We're going to go to chapter 2 now. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 17. And this is a little bit more scripture, so just hang with me for a minute. 
but 10 through 17 says, after that generation died, and keep that in mind, another generation grew up who did, it, did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burden with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated, just as he had warned. And the peace, the people were in great distress. And then I'm at verse 16. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly... They turned away from the path of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. And I know that was a lot, but here's my final point for today. Moms, if we aren't careful, this generation will be more influenced by culture than by the word. So we live in a world where knowledge is too readily available And our children are bombarded every day with things contrary to what is good, pleasing, perfect, and holy. Teaching our children about Jesus is our responsibility. Now I want to look back for a second at verse 11. Let me go back there. So back to verse 11 for a second. It says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. That jumped out at me when I was studying. And what I found out about Baal worship is that it is an ancient form of secular humanism. Well, what is secular humanism? It's whatever seems right in thine own sight is acceptable. Does that not sound like our culture today? Does it not sound like what's happening around us is a lot of Baal worship? No. We don't see people typically bowing down to to statues but we do see people bowing down to themselves and their choices. And that message is blaring to this world, to our children. And we as moms must be spiritually aware enough to know when your child has wrong thinking about cultural issues. Um, And here's something that should have been a point that I didn't make a point. If we want to change our culture we first need to invite the Holy Spirit into our families and teach our children the Word. So I've said a lot, teach, 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 teach. But here's what I've discovered as a teacher, right? It's one thing to say things to our children. It's a completely different thing to live it out in front of them. We have to model for our kids what this looks like, y'all. We can't just say it and not do it. Um, So here's how I am recommending um, we do that. So you don't just live it, you, you don't just teach it, you live it. So if you are healed of something, Jesus healed you. Our kids need to know that, y'all. 
Um, if, even if it's medication, even if it's treatment from the doctor, Jesus healed you, and our children need to know that. If you needed a provision and you weren't sure where that provision was coming for, but it was provided, guess what? Jesus provided. Not your neighbor down the street, not the church that provided you a box. Jesus made the provision, and our children need to hear that. Um, If you are able to show love in a difficult situation, well, guess what? Jesus gave you grace to show love in that difficult situation. What am I saying? I'm saying you boast about him. If there's one thing I hope my children always know is that I was never able to do anything in my own flesh, but that every good thing I was ever able to do was because of Christ in me. The only way your children are going to know that is if you tell them. And the more often they see it in your life and see it happen, the more often they make an emotional connection. And can I give you a moment of brain development? Emotional connections are remembered. It's how we, as humans, learn. Every time there is an emotional connection, those dendrites come together and they form and I don't have it all in front of me anymore, but they form this little thing, and it's, it's a memory path. And when we make those emotional connections and we have those memory paths, our kids grow up to remember that. So when they are in need of something, who are they going to go to to meet the need? Hopefully, first to Jesus, right? When, when they, are, they grow up and they're sick, who do they go to for healing? Jesus. When they grow up and they need, they're in a difficult situation and they need to know how to show love, where should they go? To Jesus, right? And if we've helped them to make those emotional connections, that's what they will do. And isn't that our goal? Our goal is to raise human beings who grow up to be productive members of society that bring Jesus glory every single day. Amen. So, Mom, let me say this. I know that um, this word was a dab bit hard. I I hope I've um, helped you feel a little bit more comfortable with a little bit of laughter. But I do want you to know, Mom, that you are doing a great job. Mothering is the hardest job on the planet. But it is the highest calling. And it is a great calling. And you, Mom, have been ordained and ordered by the Lord for your children. You can do this. You need Jesus to help you do this. So if there is any area where you feel like you have um, not failed, because guess what, moms? We, I mean, I I have to admit I've failed a few times, but not many, no. Um. That whole mother of the year thing, never. I don't even ascribe to that nonsense. We are mother of the year when we take our children to Jesus. But can we stand? Let's stand for prayer. So um, let's just bow our heads. And if there are any moms out there who, um, who are feeling afraid or who are very fearful, would you, would you be willing to raise your hand? I, I want to pray for you. 
What about moms who are tired, weary? Yeah, I see you, Mom. What about those who feel like they're in a constant battle? Yeah. Or maybe there's some who just need to be more spiritually aware. Is that anyone out there? So I just want to take a minute and pray um, over all of us moms today and ask that um, the Holy Spirit give you everything that you need. Father, I am so thankful today that we can come to you. I thank you, God, that you are a God of provision. You, Lord, are a God of peace and comfort. You are good, but you are holy. So today, Lord, for those who are feeling a little bit afraid, Lord, we just lay our fears at your feet. We cast them at the cross. And Father, I pray right now for peace and comfort, wisdom and strength. Lord, for those who are weary and tired, strengthen us physically and emotionally. Lord, I pray that you will give us um, your perfect tactics for our children so that we don't see it as um, the enemy making any ground. But we know, Lord, that as we are consistent and as we continue to follow you, Father, that you are going to do a good work in us and in our children. Lord, for those today who need more spiritual guidance, God, for, for the moms who feel like they just don't have the time to get into your presence. Lord, for those who aren't even sure what that might look like or how to begin today, Father, I just pray a wooing over them. Lord, that right now where we are, that you just begin to draw each and every one of those moms to you a little bit closer, that you'll whisper, Lord, straight to their soul, Father. Lord, that you will um, guide them and train them, Lord, that as they begin a new routine, God, that you will meet each and every lady right where they are in that moment. Lord, that it will build their faith and that they'll begin to fully and completely trust in you. Lord, we love you today. I thank you, Father. I pray blessings over everyone in this room. I pray for every mom today to have an amazing day and an incredible week. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were challenged and are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast.